Welcome to Beyond BIM. Today, I have the pleasure of bringing to you a short discussion on blockchain. Do we need blockchain in construction? No, according to Daniel Hall, not at least for automation of tasks. I sat down to talk with Daniel Hall. He's an assistant professor of innovative and industrial construction at the Department of Civil, Environmental and Geomatic Engineering of ETH in Zurich. The overarching theme of his research so far is to enhance governance, productivity and innovation in construction projects through a transformation from fragmented project delivery methods into new organizational models that integrate the supply chain of the vertically and horizontally fragmented construction industry. And what better topic to bring forward than blockchain? I found out much of his research work more recently has focused on blockchain. And as part of the Construction Blockchain Consortium, I was keen to sit down and talk with him about the uses of blockchain in construction. His current research interests include industrialized construction, governance of integrated project delivery, blockchain, adoption of systemic innovations, industry 4.0, and of course, entrepreneurship in the AEC domain. In our discussion, Daniel reminds us that the importance of business models with blockchains cannot be ignored and that more needs to be done to explore new areas of servitization throughout the building's life cycle. And now let's take a listen to what Daniel has to say on blockchain, DLT and of course the newly hyped topic of NFTs. So thank you, Daniel, for joining our podcast. I'm really keen to know more about blockchain technology and some of the work that you've started on this topic. So maybe to start off with, the question that you've already asked in one of your more recent papers is, do we need blockchain in construction? The very short answer is no. (laughs) <laughs> and the slightly longer answer is it is it depends. Um, we we worked well, as we started when we began our, our blockchain research, and uh, I would invite anybody to have a look at at, at the work who's, which has been led by um, Jens Hunhevitz, who's a PhD researcher at my chair. Um, we wanted to understand. Uh, how blockchain was currently being proposed, and also what are the fundamental characteristics here. And one thing that was really interesting for us was that a lot of the ideas around blockchain were mostly ideas around automation of existing processes. And blockchain can be used for automation, but I would argue it's not the best technology if you're purely looking for an automated approach. And you could look at things like a relational database or machine learning or other things to do better automation. But where blockchain gets really interesting is when you start including things like the removal of intermediaries or you start including things like um, new incentive systems and smart contracts. And so what we found is a lot of the early work, and this makes sense, just proposed on top of what they already thought about and, and tried to layer blockchain on it as an additional technology. And so the answer to those things is no, you don't really need a blockchain in those situations. But where it gets more complex and more nuanced is we do see there are opportunities for new coordination mechanisms, crypto economic incentive systems that do utilize blockchain. And so that's where the answer is, it depends. And and it kind of, it it depends on how else you think about it. So perhaps 
one of the elements then for practitioners here, what they're keen to know about is how do we turn it into a real application? So what types of practical examples could you give for the construction industry in actually using distributed ledger technology in practice? Yeah, we have two examples that we've actually successfully implemented on, on the blockchain testnet. Um, the first one is a way of incentivizing complete data sets. So we created a simple BIM model, and we also created, a, a in, in collaboration with practitioners, a set of um, uh, steps and, and uh, to, to do the kind of tent design and tender process. And what we saw was that we could use a, a blockchain as a way to record and, um, and, and check that the data sets have been completed and, and uh, put, put forward as a, as a holistic data set. Um, but then we also realized that it also required some new rethinking around the system because um, the data was not always correct or we didn't have a way to ensure that the data was correct. So then we started making us think about the uh, design. And so we started introducing ideas like reward tokens for people to check somebody else's data drops and give small kind of uh, incentives or tokens. They could be financial or they could be reputational tokens to people for checking somebody else's work. Um, so for example, um, you need to put in all all of the final data about the as-built status of a, of a mechanical system, right? So the so one person will put this in, but another person in the project could come in, check what they've they've inserted, and say, okay, this is correct, and therefore we're going to um, you know give you a give both parties a token. This is just one example that we were able to implement. Um, another example that's quite practical is we're working right now on. Um, finalizing a paper about uh, service-based performance contracts that use digital twins. And I won't get too far into the details, but essentially what we can do is we can create a new kind of contract that looks at the, the energy performance of a building and then provides incentive payments um, on a day-by-day -day or, or hour-by-hour basis using blockchain um, that logs the digital twin, the sensor terminals, and then says, here is your payouts based on the based on the performance of the building, right? So we could rethink about incentive systems um, in a new way. So these are two examples that we were successfully able to implement um, and in a research setting. And I think the industry could be interested in them as well. I think the second one that you mentioned really strikes a chord with me because that's basically a way to innovate a business model. And that's the first thing that I think of is that's the principles of servitization, but in the context of buildings, and you're using technology to actually change a previous business model. So I think industry will probably find that more um, maybe enticing as a justification to use this technology because you're basically you're adding new revenue uh, potentially here. Exactly. And we really see that the that the economic design and the business model is a key part of blockchain in construction. And it's not just about the technology. We'll leave the specific uh, coordinate, uh, uh, technologies and, um, you know, faults and, and all of this decision processes uh, for, for reconciling blockchain to the computer scientists. But in construction, what we really have to do is think about what is the, the kind of economic uh, and governance systems. Uh, actually, we come back to governance quite a lot. Um, I like to say the future of the built environment will be digital twins. Lots of people are working on this. This will be the future built environment. How do we govern digital twins? 
what are the kind of rules that help us enforce, coordinate, collaborate in digital twin settings? And I think that blockchain will be a key technology to build up the governance structures for, for a digital built environment. So um, absolutely, we see that these business models are, are quite key. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. Now, there's another recently hyped technology that I'm sure many of us have come across on the news with some very... Um, exciting stories about JPEGs being sold for you know millions of dollars. So the more recently hyped NFT, non-fungible token, if I've pronounced it right, do you see any direct applications of this in construction? Yeah. So first, let me say, I, I'm not a huge believer in the hype between M NFTs for arts work right now. Um, I mean, yes, I do understand the, the point behind it. I do understand the idea of collecting these things. Um, I do think it's a market that will come down. But I actually see we do see some very useful ways of using NFTs, but not on a financial uh, kind of uh, collection item, but as a way of tokenizing assets in the built environment. And we have a new project as part of the Future Cities Laboratory um, called Circular Future Cities. And our role, one of our roles is to think about how do we take an object? So let's just say it's a single object, let's say um, a steel beam for example. Uh, and this steel beam is going to go across many stages of its life cycle from kind of the, the, the whole initial processing all the way through manufacturing, fa fabrication, erection, uh, and then a whole life cycle after this, right? So that's that's the life cycle of a steel beam. Um, part of our work is creating a material passport that contains the chemical, compositional, and functional data of that steel beam as, as a material passport that can be attached to a digital uh, model, a digital twin of that beam. Um, and then we also think there's an opportunity to create a non-fungible token that represents the ownership of that steel beam, right? So now you can think about it, there's a beam that exists and there's a non-fungible token that represents, let's say, the ownership rights to that steel beam. And this might be really valuable for the owner to have a, to have their own uh, token that, that owns this, but the owner could also then, in theory, um, sell the rights to that steel beam, even while they still own the overall building, they sell the future recycling rights to that steel beam. So now somebody like that works in that, that invests in steel speculation and speculative markets about how steel might increase in cost, they purchase that right to that steel beam, they hold it for 30 years, um, or trade it however many times they would like. And then at the end of life, when the building is being taken down, or, or the bridge is being taken down, um, they sell that token to a, a recycler, right? So now that that recycler has a token, into that beam, and then they can harvest and recycle it. So um, I think that's just one example of how we think that uh, non-fungible tokens could be a very valid way of carrying specific data about specific products in the built environment. Yeah, that's really exciting to me because maybe that's also part of the missing link to make circular economy actually, again, a business case for the built environment. So that's really interesting. Yeah, I hadn't heard about this type of application of NFT, but I think that's certainly something worthwhile investigating in our sector. 
Absolutely. And uh, so we're excited about this. And uh, we think that the, we're, we are only starting this, this work, um, but we see there's a lot of applications, especially for uh, circularity and circular economy. Um, and also just to store this data, right? Um, uh, it kind of goes both ways too, where you, if you're putting some of this asset information on the blockchain, and maybe it's in a public way, you also can create feedback loops to the manufacturers. So they can also know um, how does my beam performing in this building? over you know the next 20 or 30 years and uh, maybe you connect it with something like structural health monitoring or something like this so um, there's a lot of different ways we could do this and tokenizing um, assets in the built environment would be a starting point mm-hmm. now is there enough uptake of DLT technology and construction if we think about this very prominent technology adoption curve, are we only seeing early adopters at this stage or are we also seeing late majority being adopting the technology? Where are we in that curve? What does it look like in practice at the moment? Yeah, I think it's almost non-existent in practice. Um, so I think we have a lot of interested kind of potential early adopters. There's a few startups I've seen that are doing a few things. Um but uh, uh, mostly it's happening at the research level right now. Um, we started this research about three years ago, and we've seen a big jump in researchers working on the topic in the last three years. Um, so we definitely are seeing um, more interest overall in blockchain space in general. Um, but we're also seeing a lot of specific uh, uh, interest in construction. Now, I think that's not a coincidence. I think construction is a very good application point for blockchain. And the reason why is because if you think about the, the, the construction industry, it's a very decentralized and networked industry structure, mm-hmm. right? We don't have like two or three big players that dominate the construction industry. Yeah. Rather, we have lots of SMEs. We have lots of small companies. We have, even if you look at the big companies, they're not that big compared to other industries. Mm-hmm. Um, so we already have a very networked industry. And I think this fat matches very well with the decentralized and networked nature of, of blockchain, um, where we do need to kind of see more up take is uh, rethinking about um, how we can coordinate and govern digital information using blockchain. Um, And I think we've only scratched the surface of of imagining what could be possible for our projects with uh, with blockchain. Mm -hmm. And you've obviously tested some of this technology in a kind of a lab setting or a research environment. What piece of advice would you give to other organizations before embarking on that journey of investing into blockchain, are there any bits of advice that you might want to pass on to them? I think that if you if you want to get derived benefits from blockchain, you have to think about network effects and you have to think about um, what's the ecosystem going to look like? Because if you're just doing it by yourself, I don't see there being a lot of advantages. Again, I think there's better ways to automate other than blockchain. Um, but where you where you should think about it is where in the built environment do you see misaligned incentives? Where do you see um, coordination problems? Where do you see lack of trust? And then figure out who are the other players that are at different stages in the process. So if you're a designer, it's maybe the builders or the supply chain. Or if you're a, a real estate owner, maybe it's the maintenance. How can you link together these different and fragmented um, silos in a more... 
uh, interesting and nuanced way and in a, in a way that incentivizes better behavior for the overall built environments. And so that would be my, my advice on where you should start. And I don't know if that'll be a governments, if that will be technology providers, um, if that will be, you know, f- uh, firms in, in AEC that do this, but someone, uh, someone should do it, but it really needs kind of somebody thinking about the systems level and not just trying to make a profit for their own single firm, because I think uh, blockchain kind of doesn't really incentivize you to do it alone. Thank you for tuning in to listen to Beyond BIM podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more from our latest episodes, then you can visit Beyond BIM, which is available on SoundCloud and iTunes and all the other major podcast providers.